Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Bucks game is over. And now... It's time for the longest-running Pro Hoops post-game show in Milwaukee. Hear from the players. You know, I feel good. I always can get better. But, you know, I know I know myself. I know how usually it goes. You know, uh, if I'm healthy, things are going to be okay. The head coach. Um, you know, offensively, I think, you know, we make a few more shots. Could be dangerous. And the fans. You got a guy in Giannis. He's just like the most likable human being. And all the other people fall in line with that. Everybody kind of takes it after him. And it just it's really positive to see that be the team that we give. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. Now, here's your host, Bill Baby Tausch schmidt on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Bucks flip the switch again and do the job against the Indiana Pacers tonight. It's 117-89, and the Bucks win the back-to-back. They win the return of Malcolm Brogdon. They do it right, and they do it in fashion. Not the start that Milwaukee Bucks fans were looking for in front of a sellout crowd at Pfizer Forum tonight, but either way, it works out in a... Big win for the Bucks in the Central Division. Another big win as you continue to just rip off pages here today. Now 27 and 4. And Steve Sparky Fiverr's hanging out, which is always a good night. If you're uh, leaving Pfizer Forum, 414-799-1250. Sparky, long day. Long day. You look weared out. You look weathered. You look you look like you need a vacation, and it's coming yeah, soon. It is coming soon <laughs> to a couch near me. Uh, it, you know, Enough of the Malcolm Brogdon stuff now. Are we, are we done with that? Oh, it's for Can sure we done. Now yeah. put that to rest and and let's move well, on. Well, we are going to play Malcolm's comments tonight because I thought they I thought they were very good. I thought they were wholesome. I thought they were respectful. And I also think though they do bring up a question because it wasn't the auxiliary pieces that got brought in this offseason really what he broke it down to. He made the nuts and bolts of it when you decided to keep Eric Bledsoe. You decided that Malcolm Brogdon was going to be gone. So I think that's the conversation that really comes into play. Who's the point guard of this team and who's the one that you want? I You traded point, the, the for... The Bucs still worked out. You made the move for Eric Bledsoe because you didn't think Malcolm Brogdon could play point mm-hmm. guard the way you wanted him to play point guard. That's why you made the move for Bledsoe. So why then is it that he would be surprised that they would go back to Bledsoe again over Malcolm Brogdon. If they trusted Malcolm Brogdon, if they wanted Malcolm Brogdon to be the starting point guard, they never would have made the move for Eric Bledsoe at the end of the day. No. And really, it's funny because it kind of goes back in Bucks lore to Chris Middleton and Knight, right? There was those two. And Jason yeah, sure. Kidd said, listen, this is not Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. We cannot pay both of these guys. We got to make a decision. And they went at that point with Middleton and that was the end of night. And adios, see you later, bye-bye. And everybody got all mad. And now look at Knight's career. Into the toilet it went. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen sure. to Malcolm Brogdon, but the Bucks obviously made the right move at that point. And now here we sit again, and it's Bledsoe or Brogdon. Maybe they'll, maybe Bucks fans will point back at this and go, boy, they screwed up. 
We'll see. Well, and I think the ownership group, too, and, and this is going to be something that goes on throughout the years as, as we start to learn more and more about the guys running this team. But I think what it said across the NBA, the way that they handled it with a guy that was there for three years, built his career and had a lot of success, then moved on, went to a place where he was able to go start, make a lot of money. I think it was handled correctly by the Milwaukee Bucks in the league circles. And also you do have to remember that because Malcolm Brogdon is a part of the Players Association and players talk about those kinds of things. I think it it worked out as a win-win for not only the Milwaukee Bucks, but a win-win for the Indiana Pacers. And they got to showcase why they have their point guard now that can handle the ball as much as Malcolm does. And he's going to be a good one-two with Victor Oladipo. And I'm not concerned as a Bucks fan that they're going to give you any stress in the Central Division. So no. it all worked out perfectly. Yeah, I agree. And, and we all knew going into this, Brogdon was going to go for the biggest taker, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever offered him the most money, he was going to go get that money for a couple different reasons. One, there's no guarantee he'll get another payday like this. Two, he's battled injuries through college and in the pros. So get that guaranteed money while you can because you don't know how long you'll be able to play at full health you know, going forward. And get your chance to start. Can't I think be, it was so right. big for him, too. Can't be mad at Malcolm Brogdon. And there's no way, no how, I would have paid Malcolm Brogdon $20 million a year. There is just no chance that was happening. And you, you also paid $56 million for a Brooke Lopez, who finally was able to start finding the stroke from downtown tonight with three of them, and playing the defense that you believe he should be. Defensively, I think he's been okay, but that outside three-point shot, like we talked about on Friday, just has to be there when you get to the playoffs. You know, that second half of the year going into the playoffs, if he's stroking that three and feeling comfortable again, that makes this team totally different than it is if he's not hitting that shot. If you're leaving Fiserv for him, this is the Are You Kidding Me moment of the game. Sparky and Baby Tausch on a post-game show together. Brought to you by Gene (laughs) Wagner Plumbing. Celebrating 50 years in business, residential, commercial, or industrial plumbing needs. Go with experience. Go with GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. If you're leaving Fiserv for him, we want to hear from you at 4 Four seven nine nine twelve fifty. You can also tweet us at 105.7 FM. The fan mayor Mitch is in town as well with us tonight. We're going to hear from hopefully Giannis after the win. We'll also hear from Matt Velasquez leaving Fiserv Forum and Mike Budenholzer as well. After the Bucks win back-to-backs tonight in New York last night and a very different game, but a similar outcome. The Bucks in a route tonight, 117-89 over the Indiana Pacers. We're talking about it with you on the Pick and Save Probes postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North, right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it a dunk? Was it a key basket in transition? Was it a spectacular play down the lane? It's time for the wrench-and-go drive of the game. Need auto parts? Wrench and Go is a self-service yard. Bring your own tools and access the lowest price auto parts around. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. You got that deep ball away. Edmund Sumner, the rebound. Goes in on Dean See you later. Giannis out of the Kumbo. 18 on the shot clock. Giannis sends one back, and, well, the Bucks did a few of those tonight against the Indiana Pacers, and they send them back to Indiana with a 117-89 loss. Bucks win both legs of the back-to-back. A weekend home and away with the New York Knicks to start off. Indiana Pacers tonight, 20-point wins for each in the Milwaukee Bucks' favor as they blow out the Indiana Pacers tonight, a game that they started down 10-0 trailed by one after one, took the lead going into halftime, and then sprinted out to a 19-5 run, breaking out of the second half into the fourth quarter after three consecutive Indiana threes 
brought it within 10 going into the fourth quarter. Bucks proceeded to go on a 14-5 run to start out the fourth and then just get even more elbow room with a 34-point fourth quarter, outscore Indiana 34-16 and close the door on the Pacers' comebacks tonight as the Bucks come back and beat the Indiana Pacers tonight, go for their 27th win, that the 15th victory at Pfizer Forum. 414-799-1250, live at 1057fmthefan.com. The Wendy's Fresh Never Frozen Inbox. We'll take you through some of the ones tonight that had us screaming, and this one started with Dante DiVincenzo. Part of the Bucks trying to come back after trailing 10 nothing was going to be the defense, and it starts with the defensive play of the game. Labor's International Union Local 113. Feel the power online at liuna113.org. On when a guy like Jabari Parker with the Atlanta Hawks and Giannis matched up. Block shot, DiVincenzo, Giannis. Sabonis lets him go. Smart play by Sabonis to allow Giannis to clear the way. That made it 12-5 Indiana, and the Bucks would start to chip away, hitting a couple of threes in the thir- first quarter. That allowed them to get a little bit of room, get themselves close, and then allowed Rolo to go up from downtown. Giannis defense, I think, winning out that first quarter. In a slugfest in the second quarter, a 38-33 period, the Bucks would take down another shot. Get that deep ball away. Edmund Sumner, the rebound. Goes in on DiVincenzo. See you later. Giannis out of the Kumbo. 18 on the shot clock. That's on Fox Sports Wisconsin as all the highlights with Steve Novak and Marcus J- and Jim Paschke. Into the third, Pat Connaughton. He didn't was held scoreless last night. Finds himself with Paydirt on this one. Pick nearly. Yes. Hill. What a pass. How did he know Connaughton was right there? And one, the foul. McDermott. What a play. A beautiful pass across court from George Hill off a pick. Takes the steal, fires it down the center, and gets Pat Connaughton for one dribble and a finish up for the Bucks. Part of their sprint out to a 20-point lead there in the third quarter. It would get chopped down to 10 going into the fourth after three straight triples by the Indiana Pacers. Close the margin, and then the Bucks would just start going for a little bit of elbow rim and Giannis stepping from downtown. Got 47% for three. You just said it, Jim. Ties the number that Giannis had last year from downtown with 52 threes. It also makes 24 consecutive games for Giannis here to start out 2019 with a made three. That impressive when you look at where he started just a year ago. And if you really want to feel uh, excited as a Bucks fan, just go and peep at Giannis's uh, three-point percentage here in the month of December, and that might be the Christmas present you're looking for. Bucks stretch it back out to the 20-pointer, and this one finishes the job. Giannis spins Brogdon into the deck. Lopez. Okay, so Dave DeGrace is alongside. He says, Brooke looks like you against Connecticut. I can only dream. I can only dream. Did you hit those against Connecticut? I had my moments. This Bucks team is doing it. Every single night. 34% the Bucks hit from downtown, but defensively in the rebounding numbers, the biggest story in tonight's game, the Bucks out-rebound Indiana 61-48. 19 boards for Giannis. 
along with five putbacks there. Offensive rebounding, one of the main reasons why the Bucks were able to keep it as close as they did in that first quarter when Indiana came starting out hitting everything. Bucks start 0-5 in the game tonight, start out 10 nothing. They're able to fight back and close the gap into that second period, making it just a one-point game. And into that second quarter, really the, the way the Bucks were able to Last night, step on the throat here coming out of the third quarter. They made those adjustments going into the second, and the out, offensive output last night, 42 in the second quarter. Bucks put up a 38 spot here in the second period and had a lead into halftime and never looked back against Indiana tonight. And another game in which you're able to see the pure jubilation around the team each and every game and also understanding the growth coming each and every day for the same unit. Never letting up in the standpoint of continuing to get better, but also knowing that there is going to be, there are going to be opportunities to put teams away like this. Knowing that in playoff basketball, sure, you're not going to have a whole lot of times, chances to blow teams out. Rick Buecher was talking about it earlier this week, and I found it, Interesting and also a little comical when talking about what the Bucks needed to do going into this year to prepare themselves better for a playoff run in, in 20, the spring of 2020. And hearing him make an argument that the Bucks blowing teams out isn't preparing you more for a stretch run, well, sure, it's easier to know that you're going to play tight games into April, May, and June. But running away from teams and allowing Giannis to play 31 minutes and 25, whatever the final tally was last night, those only better prepare the body and prepare the team for that sprint, for that finish into the playoff rounds. Only better preparing your guys and and having a more rested team to try to sprint to the finish go up against the Indianas, who probably could be a second-round opponent. Right now, today, they would be playing Toronto for the right to play the Bucks in the second round. These are teams you're going to see into the playoffs, and I understand Indiana doesn't have Victor Oladipo at this point, but they haven't all year, and they're 20-10. and 10. They are 29 coming into today's game. So, you watch every single night to see the next test. And and we thought it was going to be the Clippers. That was going to be the, the big time measuring stick game you wait for, and the Bucks blow the doors off LA. You wait for the Laker game, and the Bucks win that game handily. So now we look at Christmas Day as another one of the measuring stick games, right? With the result, be surprised if it wasn't like everybody else. Bucks are the only team in the NBA with a double-digit win differential throughout 30-some games in the season, 31 games in the season now. There's a reason for that. 1-12, to they're better than pretty much everybody else in the association. So, welcome in the opportunity to go to Philadelphia and ruin a Christmas day. I can't wait. I think it's going to be a tremendous chance. You start to see Brooke Lopez shooting the ball better tonight. Six of 11 from the field, three of six from downtown. 
Chris Middleton still picking his spots. 12 points tonight, 15 the other night. Averaging about 15 a game. Wes Matthews still pulling back on the trigger, hitting four triples tonight, 19 points. Led the Bucks in scoring. In a game where you have 8 of 17 and 18 points from Giannis, albeit what he did on the defensive side and he was an assist away from a triple-double again. You spread everybody around. You give too many different options to have success going into that game. Wednesday is going to be fun because if we're going to be completely honest with each other here, and that's what I try to do every night when I'm on here with you guys on the pick-and-save probes post-game show, I expect the Bucks to blow the doors off Philadelphia on Wednesday. Close through three, and then once again, the Bucks are able to stop playing around with people and finish the job like they did with Indiana today. How many people in that Indiana locker room, Indiana Pacer fans, I know there might have been a, a nice little contingent. They do travel. It's only four hours. Back when it was the old B, uh, BMO Harris Bradley said, there used to always be a section right in one of the end zones that would be maybe 20, 25 people of Indiana fans that would always make the trip up, ship them out. So the small contingent that's going to be in Philadelphia on Wednesday, enjoy it. Because I don't expect the result to be anything different than what we've seen in the last couple of days, in the last couple of weeks either. The Bucs continuing to put away teams when they want to and when they feel this thing is done. 414-799-1250. If you're at Fiserv Forum tonight, I want to hear from you. You can also tweet us at 1057FM. The fans, 27-4 and four are your Bucks, the best team in the NBA and the best replacement window team around as Pella Windows and Doors. Guys, make window replacement part of your 2020 vision. In as little as one day, you can make your home incredibly energy efficient, more energy efficient than it's ever been before, even in the winter. Not only do they install at Pella Windows and Doors, they do it all. They measure, they manufacture, they install, service, and back their windows with a limited lifetime warranty and even better than bank financing options for those credits that do apply. Pella Windows and Doors simplifying your life, guys, with one source for everything, innovations, detail, and Options as well. Nine different styles of Pella windows to fit your particular taste. Vinyl, fiberglass, and luxurious wood. Why block out the sunlight in the winter? You want all that free warmth you can get. The new roll screens of the 2019 most innovative window award winner practically disappearing out of view. Go check it out today at the Pella Windows and Doors Experience Center and experience the different the difference firsthand that Pella Windows makes and can make at your home. Make replacement windows, guys, part of your 2020 vision. Replace now and save 55% off qualifying installations or 0% APR financing for 48 months for qualifying credit. Stop in or schedule your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. I'm Bill Schmidt, Baby Tausch. This is the Big and Safe Probes postgame show. We're driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. Bring you some Coach Budenholzer sound here in a few minutes. But next, Malcolm Brogdon made his return tonight. Here's some of his conversation before the game. And one response to a thing that Malcolm Brogdon brings up in the construction of the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll explain next here on The Fan. Behold our mortal enemy. We're keeping an eye on the enemy. How did the bad guy look tonight? Sponsored by Coach's Pub and Grill on South 13th Street. Stop in today for lunch or dinner and try their fabulous Friday fish fry. Now open, Coach's on Lake Danoon. 
This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Well, for another straight night, the opponent didn't look great. They did early on. Indiana was up 10-0 in this game, led after one quarter by one, just trailed by three at recess, and the Bucks put away the Indiana Pacers tonight by 28-117-89. Welcome back. This is 105.7 FM, The Fan. 12.50 a.m. on that side of the dial, or you're listening to us on the Radio.com app, which is free, by the way. And you can also rewind live radio on the Radio.com app. It's an, it's an incredible invention. Actually, one of the best inventions of all time. They've been telling me it's a great invention, a huge invention. Everybody's been waiting for it for plenty of years. But ultimately, it's the invention that we've all been waiting for our entire lives. So you can pause, rewind, live radio. You can hear everything we did for 24 straight hours on the fan. Starting up tomorrow, live at 5. Say you wake up at 7.30 and you want to hear what my man Ryan Horvath has to say about Packers and Vikings tomorrow morning? Just hit rewind back to 5 a.m. and Ryan will talk to you there. We are live at 5 here on 105.7 FM, the fan. A lot of Green Bay Packers tomorrow as the Packers open up the opportunity or the door opens thanks to Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, and how about this name? Brent Hundley. Welcome back into the good graces of Green Bay Packers fans. As the Cardinals beat the Seahawks tonight, Packers have the chance to be the one seed with a couple of straight wins and a Seahawks victory in the NFC West. That type of shenanigans and hope and help are not what the Milwaukee Bucks are going to need to be able to lock up the number one seed in the NBA. Au contraire, instead, the Milwaukee Bucks are running away with this thing for the second straight year. Last year, a big part of it was Malcolm Brogdon. And if you were with us right away to start the show, you heard Steve Sparky Pfeiffer in here as well. We were having a short discussion about Malcolm Brogdon, and he said, now can we put Malcolm Brogdon conversation to rest, right? Now we can be done saying the Bucs miss Malcolm Brogdon, saying that maybe the Bucs haven't fully gotten themselves back to a point where they have somebody that's able to penetrate the lane like Malcolm, score like that. Did they, are they going to miss that defensive presence, that personal intensity in the locker room? Malcolm Brogdon spoke a little bit earlier today, and when I put this into context coming back to the Milwaukee Bucks, if you were at Pfizer Forum out of the first TV timeout, you were greeted to a tribute video for Malcolm's three years here as a second-round pick, turned into the rookie of the year under the Milwaukee Bucks tutelage, went with the team to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and did so being hurt for the majority of the second half of the season, coming in quite you know raw and not ready to go going into the the stretch run for the Bucs into the playoffs. So when he came in and was able to give the Bucs the kind of boost, I believe he did at certain points during that playoff run, it, it's understandable why some people were questioning if the Bucs would have that kind of veteran leadership, although he was only a three-year player. The, the, why, the wisdom of Malcolm Brogdon it can never be understated. The guy was... Already the vice president of the Players Association in, what, his second year took over that title? That's a position that players that have been in this league for 10, 12 years take over. There is an understanding that this guy, with his intensity to the game, his understanding of the world around him, that he was going to be very well prepared to be a, a core member of this organization for a long time. Finances didn't work out right. 
The Bucks made a commitment to Eric Bledsoe in the middle of the season. And that is the decision that Malcolm touches on here. I want to play you f- this for you a little bit earlier today. This is courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. Malcolm Brogdon before the game tonight at Fiserv um, Forum. You know, my first three years here were amazing. Uh, the team got better and better. I got better and better. Um, just a lot of good times. The guys on the other side, I love those guys. Um, but it's good to come back here and compete. But in terms of the basketball on the floor um, and playing here, you know, it was time, I felt like it was time for me to move on, time for me to go to the Pacers um, and, and take on this next challenge. I would have loved to play for this team um, if they had wanted me, if they, if they had valued me the way the Pacers value me. That's, that's all I can say. This one more time. I would have loved to play for this team um, if they had wanted me, if they, if they had valued me the way the Pacers value me. That's, that's all I can say. Some people hear that as sour grapes. Some people hear it as just 100% honesty and fact. The Indiana Pacers gave this dude not only a significant payday, I understand, but also gave him the opportunity to start and play with the ball in his hands pretty much at all times. Matt Velasquez is going to join us tonight after the game as well. We had a talk about this last night, and and that was a main conversation point for Malcolm in the negotiations the months and weeks leading up to his impending free agency, the Bucs weren't going to give him an opportunity to start. Even if you can match the contract, and the Bucs did have the opportunity with restricted free agency, you would not have been able to give him the -the on-the-floor opportunities that Malcolm wanted. And I thought Matt put it really, really well last night. It's been a trade that's really benefited both sides. Bucks are going to be able to have themselves a draft pick this year, which they would not have had before. Cheap opportunity to garner a young player for multi, multiple years at a lower price, a guaranteed contract. The finances in somewhat of limbo for the Bucks going into this offseason with the decision for Giannis. It was flexibility that the Bucks otherwise were not going to have. They don't really have expiring contracts outside of Ursan that they're going to really be able to trade at this year's deadline. So with that kind of opportunity presented to you, the Bucks did the best decision basketball-wise, and I also believe they made the best decision PR-wise, for their organization, as well as for Malcolm. Allowing him to go somewhere and start is what you needed to do in the situation. But also, working with your opponent, working with a division rival, allowing that to go through, I think it sends a good message around the league. And when Bucks ownership will be questioned here moving forward, They've already been put somewhat in the public eye of, are we going to be seeing owners pinching their pockets and not wanting to open up for the money side of this? That was a lot of the conversation I heard amongst the fan base going into the offseason when the decision was made to let Malcolm go. But now that we're 31 games back, the Bucs are 27-4. and The -the on-the-floor product will garner no conversation. But I think the ability to put him in a situation where he was going to be ultra successful is only going to shine better on the Bucks organization as we progress through the next 
year, two, five, ten, however long this ownership group is in place. And I know the power structure moves around, whatever. Players amongst the league talk. And for a long time, this city has not been shown in the best light. Is, Is that wrong to say? Right? I mean, some people didn't like Brogdon's conversations last year where he spoke to the segregation parts of the city and the possible injustice situations that do happen in the city, the judgments that come down. But at that particular point in time, that's just a well-educated young man making a rational assessment of what he sees around him. I don't think that was Malcolm saying, I don't want to be here. I think it was just simply a player speaking his mind. And in this climate, players around the league are going to respect that more times than question it. For this Bucks ownership, positioning themselves for the best PR-wise, the best opportunities to better their team forward, I think they made a very, very good business decision in the handling of the Malcolm Brogdon situation, now looking at it with the hindsight. Because for two or three months, basketball-wise, I did not like the move. I, I thought Malcolm was going to be a better player moving forward with, I understand the, the years that he has on him, the, the wear that he had on his body, the injury concerns. Sometimes you can see guys that know the game, play the game really well, and are only going to get better because of the savviness they get moving on in basketball. I see that on Malcolm Brogdon all over. You saw that when he walked into this league, won the rookie of the year, and looked like a 12-year vet. Did he make John Morant-type dunks on people? No. But he walked in and looked like a pro. At some point, we've been clouded as to, in our perceptions and our judgments of players, that if you don't have the star potential written all over you with the freakish athleticism, whatever kind of measurables you want. Sometimes you can just see good players. In football, you can see the way a dude hits somebody. In baseball, with all the sabermetrics around, sometimes you just hear the ball come off a dude's bat differently. In basketball, you just see somebody pick their spots better. But around the league, basketball-wise, it's it's tenfold because you're 27-4, and four, you're probably feeling well enough off with your roster here and you have opportunities now with a little bit of flexibility. That was the decision you made, and, and you decided to go with Eric Bledsoe over Malcolm. I, I understand that defensive-wise. Offensively, I think Malcolm's ceiling is a little bit higher. But the way you wanted to play, you made that decision. But then, and I think more importantly, they made the right decision for the league and for the betterment of the organization. 414-799-1250. We'll go to the north side, say hello to Ram on a good basketball conversation. Ram, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? I'm not going to rain your parade. You don't need an umbrella on the 50-degree night. <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> hey, I, I see it a little differently. This what I was told from a very good source was that uh, when they came to Brogdon, it was about the money. And he wanted more money than Middleton. So when you look at it going backwards, for him to go there to get more money, and then what they paid Middleton, 
there are several pundits out here in the Twitter world that don't see Milton worth that money. Oh, for sure. And so, and so now, we hear that conversation did, did, all the time. Did, yep. Did, did, I know what you're saying. Business decision for the team? No. No. Uh, Brogdon, right now, I'm looking at his stat line, and more than likely he's going to finish 50, 90, or 40 once again. Uh, he can score. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs, that scoring, I don't see where it's going to come from other than Giannis. This committee scoring during the season is different, but you know, you got to be a team four times, baby T. That's a total different ball game. Well, and that was, Ram, the, the part of the basketball-wise where I questioned the move because Malcolm's ability to get to the rim one-on-one, I didn't know if they had somebody that was able to do that consistently off the bench. It. I still I don't, don't know if I see it on this team at this particular point I, in time. I see guys that are standstill three-point shooters. They can't create their shit off the dribble. But when you play man-to-man defense like Dallas did, that's what playoff games are going to look like. And that's what happened when they played the Raptors. The Raptors just played straight-up man, and they shut all that down. They shut Slash Mountain down. He just went quiet. And the other thing is that when you got a team like Dallas who not only can close out on defense, but all their players can put the ball forward and finish at the rim, they were blown by the Bucks. I know you saw that game. Oh, I did, and and being able to finish at the rim uh, in right. the first quarter was right. definitely showcased in the issue right. with the Bucks missed three straight layups. Right. So, well, well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but we, you know, we can't get overexcited. But I, I, I mean, they playing well, but we've been on this road, this road before because now what you got to look at the team that the Bucks lost to in the Eastern Conference, they won it all, and they had a two game lead on the, uh, on on Toronto the whole season. But when the chips and the money was on the table, Toronto delivered. I was just thinking about it earlier today, Ram. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk this week, all right? And I was thinking about this actually like five minutes before we started the show, what Ram just said, thinking about the the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I try not to. I also try not to think of the 2014 NFC title game. I also try not to think of game seven of the 2018 NLCS, but... What I did, rem- what I was going back to and, and remi- remembering was last year after the 2 0 lead, all I could think of was this team lost one time back to back games. No way somebody's beating them four straight times. This same team has not lost back to back games. Early on in the season, only 31 games in, they haven't lost to the same team twice. They've been able to avenge that loss. They avenged the one to Utah. They will have an opportunity to avenge the loss against Dallas, Miami. That opportunity comes up in a couple of weeks. So now we look at another playoff-type game. And coming on the other side, I want to talk a little bit more about that team that comes up on Wednesday. But for all, mostly all, as I was one of the few that believe that it was going to be Boston and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Most expect Philadelphia, Milwaukee to play for the right to go to the NBA Finals. Those two teams meet on Christmas Day. That is Wednesday. We're going to be here for you that that day after the game. We're going to preview it a little bit next. It's the Big and Safe Probes postgame show. Still going to hear from Mike Budenholzer as well as Matt Velasquez. Still a lot to get to here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. This guy's on the inside. After every game, listen to the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show for the latest from JS Online's Matt Velasquez. Brought to you by the law offices of Thomas Marola. Divorce, child custody, or any other family law needs. 
Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola online at marolalaw.net or call 414-327-5800. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Giannis spins Bragdon into the deck. Lopez. Okay, so Dave DeGrace is alongside. He says... Brooke looks like you against Connecticut. I can only dream. I can only dream. Did you hit those against Connecticut? I had my moments. This Bucks team is doing it every single night. I remember that game Jim Paschke's talking about. Ooh! Marquette joining the Big East and Steve Novak putting a hurting on the UConn Huskies. Welcome back. Big and safe Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. That music and that intro means Matt Velasquez is here with us from Pfizer Forum after the Bucks get another huge win, another impressive win. And I say huge just because the margin of victory is so great. The point differential grows on this one. Uh, hard to imagine, Matt, that the Bucks originally trailed this game 10 nothing. after you look at the 117 or 89 final. Yeah, it was starting out. Everything was all Pacers. Malcolm Brogdon was was dishing out assists. It seemed like any time he passed the ball, uh, whoever got it was going to make a shot. Um, but that that turned around pretty quickly. Uh, the Bucks didn't, you know, let that that hangover uh, really affect them too long. They're within one heading into the second. George Hill got rolling. Robin Lopez got rolling. Uh, and then suddenly in the second half, it was just you know an avalanche. The Bucks were were in control uh, the whole time. Uh, there was a brief stretch where, you know, the Pacers got it down to nine early in the fourth quarter, and then, you know, five straight threes, four of them from 29 feet or deeper, and, and it was over. Well, and then the Bucks give up three straight threes there to close out the third, and as you mentioned in that fourth, they hit five straight, and, and two of those from Brooke Lopez. Good to see Brooks start hitting a little bit more consistently from the outside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's somebody who they trust uh, to be able to, to knock down shots from deep. Uh, tonight, you know, those two... Uh, during that stretch, we're both 30-footers uh, from the wing. Um, you know, that's something that he was really good at last year. He apparently remains really good at it now, <laughs> even though his three his three-point numbers haven't been uh, as good this season. Uh, but I think that you know he was there when when the moment called for it, and you know he he's just doing so much for them on the defensive end. They're asking him to roll a lot more uh, on offense, and things have been a little bit different. I think eventually the three-pointers will come, but. You know, it's not not to say he's not doing a whole bunch of stuff uh, for the Bucks right now. He's still been really important to their success, and adding three pointers on top of that is kind of just a cherry on top. Yeah, and I mean, you see the seven blocks last night from Brook, and that jumps off the page. But the shooting percentage had been had been so low, it it was starting to feel as if you knew the dam was going to break, and then it finally breaks a little bit more tonight with a 17 point outburst from Brook Lopez. Matt Velasquez joining us here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here on the post game show. Matt, what did you make of the uh, return of Malcolm Brogdon? I know you guys talked to him before the game, played a couple of those comments here. I thought the uh, conversation where he said, I would have liked to play here if they would have valued me like the Pacers do. I don't think that was a dig at any way at the coaching staff. I think it was simply a guy wanting his opportunity to start in this league, and that's exactly what they're giving him. I think it was also a guy who wanted to get paid, and rightfully so. Right. Uh, he was, uh, he, was uh, he, you know, he did his three-year rookie contract with the Bucks. You know, he, he made, you know, a lot of money relative to most people, but not much money relative to NBA players. And this is his chance. You know, who knows? Like, you know, somebody who comes to the league as late as he did, 
you know, you don't know how many chances you're going to get to be a free agent and to make a big contract. Uh, so, you know, coming off of a historic 50-40-90 season, you want to get paid as much as you can. And, you know, all the power to them for that. You know, and the Bucks, you know, I have no expectation that they were going to be willing to pay him, you know, $85 million over four years. Uh, that just doesn't, just doesn't really fit into, into the plan that they put out there and, and what they wanted to do. And so I think he, he realized pretty quickly, um, you know, a few weeks before free agency that, you know, he wasn't going to get paid the amount that he wanted to get paid in Milwaukee. This is me speculating and reading into what he said, but that right. value, I think as a, as a player on the court, I think they valued him, but the way of proving that you value someone is when they are available to get paid, uh, you pay them. And, and, and the Bucks obviously weren't able to match what the Pacers were, were going to do, uh, but they had enough leverage to say, hey, Indiana, we still could. We still could match. We still could uh, you know, bring him back. It, there's no reason we can't. Uh, so how about you give us a few draft picks in order to get him? <laughs> And you guys can't necessarily sign him outright, uh, so we'll do a sign and trade. We'll sign him for you, uh, but you got to send us some draft picks. And so that's what ended up, you know, working out. And you know, I, I think it's understandable uh, from the Bucks side. I know a lot of fans don't like it, uh, and the the repercussions of dealing Malcolm Brogdon are still to be determined right now. Uh, it's been fine, but obviously the bigger questions will come, you know, during the playoffs, and we'll see what the Bucks can do later. But um, you know, I think that's what that, that's where I read the value as being is that. You know, the Bucs weren't willing to pay him, and now he can be, you know, the number one guy or at least number two guy when Oladipo comes back, uh, you know, leading that team. They can grow together. He, he has a firm um, spot on that team, and he's making $85 million over four years. So that's, that's you know, bully for him. And, and that's the best part is the payday, and you're right. And, and when you look at it, you're around more league circles than, than me just sitting here with a, a microphone. So this might – you have a better opportunity to, to talk on this than, than I, but it felt like it feels like a law across the league though that decision to be able to allow a guy to go in and make his money elsewhere, be open, and then also honoring the guy and showcasing what he did for you in the first three years. The Indiana TV broadcast was just all over the fact that the Bucks, you know, did the video tribute for Malcolm's three years, and I was joking around in here, and somebody said, well, they gave one for O.J. Mayo. Why did you not necessarily think they would do one for Malcolm Brogdon? How does that shine across the league, the handling on maybe the Bucks organization as a whole? You know, I, I think that players would, would view that positively and say, hey, you know what, like, they traded me, but, like, at least they respect me. They, they welcome me back. They, they play a minute-long video. I mean, he was the rookie of the year. Right. It's, it's, not, it's not like they're, they're doing a, a tribute video to somebody who didn't do much for him or who, who they ended on poor terms with. I think it just came to a point where Malcolm had played himself into a contract that was too rich for the, for the Bucks' blood. And that's just what it was. It doesn't mean they didn't like him. Uh, so, you know, he won the Rookie of the Year. He was a big part of, uh, of their success over the past three years. Definitely a big part of last year's success in 60 wins. Um, I, I think that's the classy thing to do, the right thing to do. Um, you know, some people might not like it because, you know, oh, well, you got rid of him. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that kind of thing. You shouldn't be showing off a, a former player. Um, you shouldn't. Um, I don't know. Like I, I can't even like come up with the right. the arguments because I thought it was just so obvious. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they like welcomed Delhi back earlier this year. For sure. Like nothing against Delhi. He's a good dude, but you know he didn't do what Malcolm did. He, no, no. He wasn't the rookie of the year. He wasn't uh, a starter and a key player uh, for a 61 team. Uh, who somebody who you know I think in general. Uh, you know, Malcolm did a, t- uh, a bunch of you know charity work in the community, and they showcased that in the tribute video. So I think they're just saying, hey, you know what? 
ha we're happy for you that you went on to, to do something different. No, no, uh, there's no bad blood here. We appreciate the three years that you had. Let's move on. And it's good because you're able to, to move on to a team that obviously on the floor is, is doing just fine themselves. 27 and 4 through the first 31 here. Talking with Matt Velasquez for just a couple of more minutes here on the Pig and Safe Pro Hoops postgame show. So now we turn our attention to Wednesday and Christmas Day, Matt. I feel like we've done this a few different times now, right? The, the schedule points to a supposed benchmark game, a measuring stick type game. You get Philadelphia, who a lot of people expect to come down to either the Bucks and 76ers, who represents the Eastern Conference. What should Bucks fans expect Wednesday afternoon when they uh, snuggle up next to their trees? You know, I think it'll be a, a knockdown dragout game. I mean, the, the Sixers have had trouble this season, uh, but a lot of that's been on the road. They've been fantastic at home. Uh, they have the, the makings of a really good defensive team. I don't know if they're there yet, uh, but they can definitely get there. They have a ton of length. Um, they obviously have Joel Embiid, who is, you know, Giannis even said in the locker room, one of the best big men in the game. So that's coming straight from Giannis. I mean, it's, it's also quite obvious. Um, but, you know, I think this will be a fun game, an intense game. I think this, you know, this and, and Lakers-Clippers, those, these are the two, like, shining stars of, of Christmas Day. I, mean, yep. I feel like these, these got to be the two games that most people want to see. And I, you know, definitely you can count me in that camp because I'm very excited to see what these teams look like. It's the first time they're going against each other. Um, I think everybody knows the, you know, the importance or the spotlight of Christmas Day, and uh, you know, I, I think we're all in for a treat. All right, Matt. Now this is uh, just on a beat writer's note. Uh, reports are saying the Dallas Cowboys charter plane is not allowing them to leave Philadelphia. Now, that would probably be the worst place that the Co Dallas Cowboys could get stuck. Where would be the worst place the Milwaukee Bucks team charter could get stuck? Ooh. Um, hmm. I guess, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I want to say, like, like, Cleveland or Detroit. Um, Those would be two just, good choices. <laughs> Um, I, I, I feel like I feel like Denver could be a low key one though because the the airport is like forty minutes away from the city. Yes. So like if you're so like if you're stuck there, like you are stuck. Like you, you're not going back to the city. You're not gonna be like, oh, let's get off the plane and go back to the city. Like you, you just can't do it uh, unless you're just staying the night. Then then you could probably work it out. But um, you know, I feel like any any cold weather place in the winter, uh, particular place without great nightlife, uh, seems like it wouldn't be that great. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. That 40-minute train ride into uh, downtown Denver is not what everybody looks forward to about the flight in uh, to the Mile High City. Matt, enjoy it, man. We'll talk on Christmas, all right? All right, we'll talk to you then. That's Matt Velasquez joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019, look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. Man, I would love to be a fly on the wall of that plane. Dallas Cowboys stuck in Philadelphia can only imagine what's going through the mind of Jerry Jones. Maybe I should just leave this clown here because you know, he's firing Jason Garrett. I mean, if you watch that game today, they uh, did not show up and the uh, Dallas Cowboys lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now they're stuck in Philadelphia. I would probably second Matt with the Cleveland conversation, but the one that is just glaring right in my eyes right now would be uh, Wednesday. If the Bucks charter plane gets stuck in Philadelphia on Wednesday, on Christmas Day, 
that would most likely be for me the worst possible place they could all get stuck and where uh, the most frustration would be able to be vented in a quick and easy manner for the Milwaukee Bucks. Take a quick time out. We'll come back with Mike Budenholzer. Also going to hear from Giannis, George Hill, and also one more. It is Brooke Lopez. He spoke after the game, and we bring that all to you after the game here. Bucks win 117-89 over the Indiana Pacers, 27-4 and through the first 31. They clean up a back-to-back, and we're back after this on The Fan. Who played a big role off the bench today? Let's check our bench mob moment of the game. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on The Fan. He's becoming a fixture in this spot in the show. George Hill, bench mob moment of the game. He had 17 off the bench. Also, George Hill, if you're looking at stats around the National Basketball Association to make you smile as a Bucks fan, not only will the winning percentage and the 27-4 and record now after the Bucks take care of the Indiana Pacers, 117-89 tonight at Pfizer Forum, just go and look at the three-point shooting percentage. Click on that and see that George Hill coming into tonight was 51.8% from downtown. That only benefited tonight as he goes another three of six from deep. George Hill spoke after the game started out by talking about what former teammate Malcolm Brogdon meant to him. It was fun playing with him. You know, he's a great teammate, great person. Um, Someone that I keep in contact with uh, still today. So uh, fun to see him, you know, playing for my hometown team and, and doing a great job at it so far. We just have a good basketball team. You know, we, we worked hard in the summer to come back ready, and uh, we knew losing Malcolm was uh, a big punch. But um, we have other guys like Dante, Wes, uh, myself, you know, all the other guys that's coming in filling that void. Second night of a back-to-back, but couldn't tell it by the way you all played, the energy you had. Where do you get extra juice on the night of the I mean, it's tough back-to-back, not even 24 hours with an early game on the, on the back-to-back. So... Um, only thing we always talk about is, you know, defense um, comes with every game. You know, we continue to play the right way on the defensive end and let the offense take care of itself, and that's what we've been doing. You guys got a little bit of a hole early, and then you come in second quarter, you and Rolo really kind of brought the, the energy. What were you guys trying to do out there, and what were you seeing? <laughs> Just do our job. You know, our job is to come in and impact the game um, with our bench mob unit. and. I have fun doing it, and, you know, sometimes you just never know who night is going to be off the bench. You know, sometimes it's Pat, sometimes it's Dante, myself, Rolo, Erse. Um, we can hit you at all different ways. So uh, just come in, do our job, and just have fun doing it. That makes me happy. I, I'm one of those guys that like when they say the title of the movie in the movie, part of the segment. It's the bench mob moment of the game, and George Hill drops a bench mob. That are the, those are the kinds of things that make a young man like Bill Schmidt excited. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops post game show, guys. Inside the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin Studios, check them out. PellaWI.com. We'll go inside the coach's corner with Schneider. Over 80 years, they've been offering great careers with great benefits and more home time than anybody else. Visit SchneiderJobs.com or call them at 1-800-44-PRIDE. Here's Mike Budenholzer after his team goes to 27-4 and with another 20-point win. You know, I think the... Uh 
really maybe starting with the second quarter, um, impressed with the focus and the defensive effort and just uh, the overall, the depth of the team, different guys stepping up, making plays. Um, it's just a really good win for us um, coming off of the game last night, Thursday night's game. So um, just I think our depth is really showing. Um, you know, when Brooke and Wesley shoot and make threes like that too, that's just makes us really, um, you know, offensively, I think, uh, you know, takes us closer to where we can be, you know, reaching our potential. So good win. As a team, only seven fouls tonight. Nobody had more than two. What does that say about the team's discipline on the defensive end? Yeah, I mean, as you know, we, we preach, you know, to, to defend without fouling, um, you know, try and be fundamental, be people to spot, show your hands, things like that. So um, it's, it's, it's something that's really important to us. So to have a night where we, uh, you know, limit that is, is really important. And I think that's where you end up having some really low point total quarters and um, hopefully we can keep it up going forward. Defensively, you'd mentioned the job you did overall in the night. I know Malcolm had eight assists kind of in the first little while there. What do you think you guys did better on him as the game went on? Um, you know, I think our activity maybe as he, you know, made passes and found guys, maybe we just were a little better getting back, a little bit better um, making those shooters and those players uncomfortable that he was throwing it to. Um, hopefully getting them out of their kind of their comfort zone, including Malcolm. So, um, and, and, you know, they had a couple guys, you know, make some tough shots in the first half that, you know, maybe they weren't able to make in the second. During that late stretch, you guys had five threes in a row. Four of them were from 29 feet or deeper. Just, you know, one, what's going through your mind when you see that, and two, just how deflating can that be for another team when it's just constantly over and over again, you know, guys from really deep making shots? Yeah, no, I do think the, you know, those deep threes can, um, you know, be kind of momentum um, boosts. And uh, I think uh, especially, you know, Giannis is that one was so deep. And, you know, Brooke, you know, he hasn't done it as much this year, but we've seen him. And then Wesley now starting to, to, to pull him from deep. And, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, when we spread the court and we got guys that can drive and attack and then we're making threes from that far behind the line, uh, Hopefully it makes it hard on the defense and, um, you know, put them in a bind. I know we've talked about just how good George has been, but 50% from the three-point line, seemingly every one he takes off the dribble he's hitting. Just Have you ever seen him play at quite this level, quite this well, quite as consistently? No. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I wish I had. I mean, I've been around him a bunch of different times or, you know, when he's younger. And, but anyways, uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, I probably should have said in the opening, I think in the first half without him, um, you know, we probably would have been in a, in a hole, maybe a significant hole. I just thought he, he carried us in the half and did a lot of great things and hit big shots. And, you know, like you said, he's been doing it every night. And, um, you know, every time he tees up a three ball, you just feel like it's going in. He's Looks like he's in a really good rhythm and, um, you know, really happy for him. He's, I think he's confident. He's in a comfortable place. Uh, his teammates, you know, appreciate him, respect him, and um, he's given it back to them. In addition to George, what did you think about what you got from Robin off the bench tonight? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a little – A, it was great. I thought Robin had a big impact on the game, um, including that first stretch of the second quarter. And I was going to say he, he was due to go in – kind of changed and left Chris I think for another minute or two and then he ended up not getting his normal minutes in the first and 
started him to second quarter and you know that five or six seven minutes of the to start the second quarter I thought it was fabulous um you know Sabonis is so physical in general they're so physical and I think Robin just gives us another guy that can match that and um you know he's finishing in the paint defensively getting more comfortable so I thought he and George really saved us in the first half not sure we're going to get to talk to you before it, but just what kind of, I guess, maybe honor, privilege is it to be one of the teams that gets to have a Christmas Day game? Yeah, you will not talk to me before it. So, um, Merry yeah, Merry Christmas, the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, we, we talked about it some. It's, it's, you know, when you're selected to play on Christmas Day, you know, that's uh, for your organization. I think it's an honor. Um, tells you a team that, um, you know, is in the upper echelon and, people want to see and the league wants to um you know showcase i guess for lack of a better word so it's an honor we're excited about doing it um you know we'll get on the plane to philly on the 24th and um be ready to play you know great team uh, i think our guys will be excited for it so uh, looking forward to it who's banged up on the bucks once i felt i could put weight on it, i was like i had to get back out there this is the mccormick law office milwaukee injury report McCormick Law Office, the back injury attorneys. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Main injury to note, Eric Bledsoe still out with that right avulsion fracture, waiting upon a update on him. That news came down on the 14th. We are one week out from yesterday. So in about a week's time, we should have a report maybe December 30th, they take on the Bulls. That would be a week from tomorrow. What might be a good chance to get an injury update on one Eric Bledsoe, Dragon Bender, still nursing a slight injury for him as well. That one on the ankle, he'll remain out for tonight's game. Uh, would not have played a factor either way. Come on back. We'll hear from the MVP. Giannis goes off for 18 points, 19 boards, and 9 assists. He speaks next on the fans. There's always something unexpected that changes the game. It's going to be crazy, man. Here's tonight's X Factor of the Game. Brought to you by Brian Stratton College Athletics. Offering athletic scholarships in 15 junior college sports. Learn more at bscbobcats.com. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show. Driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. On the fan. He's always the X Factor, and he's always the MVP. Well, not yet. Giannis did say that he did not want people to chant MVP for him as he shot free throws until he wins it again. Bucks fans did a pretty good job until he dropped a 48 spot and was just balling out on Monday night. Then on Thursday night, he crowned himself, so he kind of brought some of that on himself. But he is the MVB on the postgame show, brought to you by Chevy. And he speaks now, Giannis Atetokounmpo, on the Pick and Save Probes postgame show. Fourth quarter, you guys hit five straight threes. You started off with a one. Just, you know, was it, did it feel like it was contagious for you guys? No, I feel like we were able to you know, make plays, getting, uh, you know, drive the lanes and you know, create for one another. Uh, and, you know, once you see the other one, one going in and uh, somebody making make a play for the 
guy next to him, you know, he makes the game a lot easier and gives everybody momentum and gives everybody energy. You started out with one from like 30 feet, then Brooke had a 30-footer, Wesley made one from 32 feet out. I mean, those deep ones, those especially be deflating for a defense? Yeah I, think, yeah, I think so. You know, especially, you know, when they try to keep us out of the paint and close the, uh, driving, la the driving lanes and when you're able to make a play and create for your teammate and he gets a three like that deep, you know, uh, it kind of sting for the other team, and uh, you know all the work they did, you know, just go goes to waste. What was it like playing against Melbourne? It was good. It was good. Uh, obviously, you can see how we got in a lot better. His pace is great. Uh, he's finding his teammates real well, and I think the game have slowed down even more for him. Did you think that kind of, I guess? Domination, like he, he has the ball in his hands all the time. Do you think that was possible for him? Like, that he could just be yeah, yeah. Uh, what I, what I, what I thought, I thought you know, it's gonna take some time for him to, like, you know, carry a team and be, you know, the vocal point for the team. But uh, I always knew that he's able to, you know, you know, carry the ball, make plays. He did in his rookie year, you know, down in first example that we had, he was down in Boston that he had like down the stretch the ball for like eight straight minutes and he was like, making the right plays. As you, as you reflect on this week, lost on Monday, bounced back, beat the Lakers, and you took care of business in New York, and now you finish it out tonight. What kind of challenges is this team prepared for? Anything, you know, anything that uh, a team throws to us, we go, won't be ready. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if we win or lose. You know, obviously, we want to win every game, but as long as we learn from every game, that we play, that's good, you know, against the Mavs, I think we learn, we learn our lesson, uh, we learn that we got to, you know, even play harder. Uh, we can never take nothing for granted, we can never think that a team, a team's going to hand us the game, we got to go out there and take it, and uh, that's what we've done the past three games. Those are the kinds of words and the, well, thought process you want out of your MVP. Go out here and win the game. Nobody's going to hand them a game. The Bucks are just going to take it each and every night. And they do so again tonight, a 117-89 victory. Other scores around the association. Oklahoma City beats the Clippers 118-112. Boston 119-93 for Charlotte. Toronto beats Dallas 110-107 north of the border. I'm Bill Schmidt, baby Tausch. This has been the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. Tomorrow we are live at 5 getting you ready for Packers and Vikings. Vikings, not only for the NFC North, but now for the number one seed. Started up with Ryan Horvat at five, Chuck and Winkler from six to ten, Bill Michaels, and then us on the Wendy's Big Show. We're the only station Wisconsin sports fans need. This is 105.7 FM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.